Welcome to The Greg Bennett Show. I'm your host, Greg Bennett, and this was an absolutely wonderful conversation with Beth McKenzie, good friend of mine, and we haven't caught up for quite some time, and it was fun to reconnect, um, but even more fun for me to really understand her journey into the world of triathlon. Unlike probably 99% of the guests I've had who kind of found sport young and took the sport fairly seriously, um, this was fascinating to hear somebody that basically found sport much later, uh, was working full-time, had studied and done everything else and really was in her late 20s um, before she even found the sport. And uh, just incredible to see her progress in the sport. We also spend a great deal of the episode um, really discussing her entrepreneurial journey and building her business along with her husband, Luke McKenzie, who's been on the show. They built Win Republic, um, a great clothing brand. Uh, we will have a, a discount for you that you can use, um, a 15% discount that they've kindly offered for listeners of the show for 30 days post the dropping of this show. Um, so go check that out. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. It was thoroughly a good time uh, just to reconnect. Um, if you are enjoying the show, I'd love you to share it and, and push it out. The show can only grow uh, if you're enjoying it by you pushing it out to your family and friends. Uh, I'd love any ratings that you'd be prepared to give me or reviews on Apple um, Podcasts or anywhere else where you can drop a review. I do read them. I love to hear from you. Um, and finally, I do mention in this episode, and I have been doing it, Fireside Fridays. I have opened up uh, for 30-minute chats on a Friday. Um, if you'd like to have a catch-up, connect, uh, just direct message me on Instagram, The Greg Bennett Show. Um, I'll get back to you and we can set up a time to chat. Um, they do fill up fairly quickly, but I'm sure we can find some time. If you'd love to connect, I'd love to have a chat with you. Um, so you can do that. Just send me a DM on Instagram. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And remember, success comes to those who endure just one moment longer. All right. Today's guest is a phenomenal blend of athleticism and business acumen and just personal drive. She's a former Ironman champion winning Ironman Australia and Ironman Switzerland and has incredibly in transition to a magnificent business in Win Republic. She's a marathoner with a remarkable time of 2 hours and 37 minutes. It's unbelievable. And a mother <laughs> of two and like I said is the visionary behind this incredible business, Win Republic. It's been so fun to watch it grow over these many years. She's a good friend of mine. So without further ado, welcome to The Greg Bennett Show, Beth McKenzie. How are you, Beth? Greg, that's like the most amazing little intro I've ever heard. I've, I, you've put into words some things that I would, you know, always hope would be said about me or just things that I love and believe in. And I never really thought of them that way. And thank you. Like put a little tear in my eye. Sounds, makes me sound great, but we'll see how that goes in the episode. <laughs> you know what I, I was thinking about, I was talking with Laura and I was just like, we often chat, you know, about our friends as you do. And I'm like, gosh, I just, I've been so blown away by you and, and, and obviously, you know, Luke, you, you two as a couple and the way that you have both built this company You've raised two beautiful daughters. I remember when we were down in Noosa, what was that, 2019 or something, and uh, yeah. we just had Sydney. We didn't have Archer at the time, and your daughters were just so sweet and loving. And, and both Laura and I have been so impressed with you both. Um, 
and and just from being on the, a fan on on the sidelines of the sport of triathlon, watching the impact that you are both having with the uh, Win Republic and seeing you at all the events, it's just truly mind blowing. Is, is it mind blowing for you to see how things have progressed? You know, I'm for me, it's it's mind blowing in the fact that I'm so grateful that I still get to do what I love every day, which is be a part of triathlon and sport. Mm. And, you know, now for triathlon, it's completely on the sidelines and getting as much fulfillment out of that and supporting our athletes, whether or not they're age groupers on our ambassador team or our growing pro athletes, or just seeing people, you know, we still get a thrill out of every single person who runs by us, who's in a win kit. And mm-hmm. sometimes we can't even believe like when we're down in Australia, it's different than the U S like we're more of a, um, we're getting to be a bigger fish in a smaller pond. So you'll see tons of suits come by and it's like, wow, like that's crazy. I didn't even realize we sold that many suits, you know, um, <laughs> in the U S and around the world, it's different. Like each person gets a huge cheer because they're, they're more rare. They're more like hen's teeth around there. But, um, mm-hmm. no, it's, it's like, it, it is mind blowing for me sometimes just the community that we have now that's been really special for us. Yeah, it's so cool. I must admit, even vicariously through you guys, every time I see a Win Republic outfit, I'm always kind of like, yeah, yeah. I, know, I, know <laughs> I know that. That's awesome. But look, we've gone straight into the thick okay, of it. Yeah. I want to actually just go back a second and go, are you calling from Noosa? Where are you in the world right now? And and what's this morning been like for you? Because I know you're calling me at 7.15 in the morning, but what are you up to? Yeah. So I'm in Noosa, Australia right now. And this morning we, so I live in Noosa now. I'm originally from California, Philadelphia. Originally I'm American girl, as you guys can probably tell, but some people tell me now I have a little bit of an Australian twang (laughs) because we have been living here pretty much since 2018. But, um, yeah, this morning was a very normal morning for us. So I got up 4:30, did a run from five to six and then got the kids ready for school. We've got two daughters age nine and six, Wynn and Marlo. And um, then Luke took over, took them to the bus stop, and I came and sat down here with you. So it's been actually an energizing morning. I got to you know, do all the things I love and now um, having this opportunity to chat. I love it. Hey, I got to ask you, how does a guy get a girl to move to Noosa, Australia with the family? From the USA. <laughs> Just asking for, for a friend. Asking for a friend. For a friend. Yeah. Oh, you know. Was that a we, hard move for you? I mean, you know, coming from so the US. Prior to this, we were in Southern California in San Diego, which I would say is probably about as similar to Australia as you're going to get with the beach culture and things. Um, and for a really long time, even with both of our kids, we did the back and forth, the endless summer. So we were doing Noosa for... Australian summer and then California for uh, USA summer because we were both still racing triathlon. And uh, that was amazing. But once our oldest daughter, Wynn, became school-aged, we had to, we had to pick a team. Mm-hmm. And Noosa is, it's an amazing place to raise kids. And our life is it's crazy, but by design, we have a lot of support and Luke's parents live here in Noosa. So that mm. was one of the big reasons we chose to um, really settle in Noosa because they provide us, they're retired. They love 
helping and hanging out with the girls. And so we chose Nusa because we have that support here and yeah. we have amazing friends and it's the best place in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, right after this show, I'm going to put you right with Laura and you can talk about how wonderful Nusa is. I'm just kidding, but exactly. it is a wonderful part of the world. You know, Laura and I did spend, well, from 2000 to 2016, um, going down to Noosa for every summer for the longest time. And, and, and Laura does. And that's how I got to know you. Exactly. I remember going on some really long bike rides with you and, um, (laughs) you and Luke first started dating even. It was like really early on and, and I said, oh, this, I like this girl. Luke's Ah. Luke's a winner. Um, so it's, it's really cool. We've known each other for quite a while. It's been too long since we hung out. Even last year, Laura and I were back in Noosa and we missed you guys because you do have a, a lot of travel that you need to be doing and uh, we missed you, but we were just talking pre-show that we might see each other this year. Which in I'm June, hoping. yeah. And we'll have one of our famous Noosa dinner parties for sure. Can't wait. Listen, let's do this. You've listened to the show before. I should note, everybody should know that Beth and Luke have been very supportive of this show since the outset, pretty much. I think I launched four or five years ago and you guys have been so supportive. Um, through Patreon or even just messages and comments. And I had Luke on the show last year. So big shout out to you both. And, and thank you for just being supporters and being really good friends. I really appreciate you for that. Um, really do. Yeah, no, we like, I, you'll, I'm sure get through this episode that I'm a huge fan of triathlon in general. I think the sport deserves more coverage, more people talking about it and not just triathlon, but as you are here for, it's just like endurance sports and life and putting that Mm -hmm. out in the world. And like, I love that you do that. I love supporting that. I know how much money as a teenager I used to spend on like magazines and stuff. So now I make sure to support uh, just all the podcasts that I love to listen to when I run. All right. Well, you've mentioned being a teenager and that's a great place for me to (laughs) say, let's rewind this clock because I want to know, you know, how you found your passion for sports as a whole, but even more specifically triathlon. So let's rewind the clock, shall we? Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, that's, it's a tricky one because I didn't grow up in triathlon. I didn't even know what triathlon was. And, you know, if I look back at my early even non-sporting career, I wasn't the kind of person that could just do one thing. Uh, So it does make sense that I eventually got into three sports. Uh, I did grow up as a sporty kid. So I was on the East Coast uh, in Philadelphia and I played varsity field hockey and lacrosse for four years. So I think those translate pretty well, but I was never super serious. So I was, Mm. I actually hope my parents never listened to this, but My friends and I, before varsity field hockey and lacrosse practice, used to drive around the school before practice started smoking cigarettes (laughs) in my friend's Jeep Wrangler. And then we'd show up to to practice and then we'd have to run, you know, the the two mile warm up, whatever. And I always was the best one at that part of the the thing. I was the fastest one. Smoking your lungs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like we'd smoke like three or four cigarettes and then go to practice. I have no idea what we were doing. Um, but then we'd do this like three mile run and I was always the first person finishing the run. So they'd always put me on varsity, but then my actual ball skills in field hockey and lacrosse were pretty terrible, but I was always like the attack wing that would go up but then I'd usually make a mistake. So I don't know. I was sporty, but I never really did too much with that. And then I was just always really focused on education. Uh, when I got mm. to university, I went to, I went to Vanderbilt in Tennessee oh, and nice. it, that was all about studying and partying really. Um, interestingly enough, I did major in 
organizational and human psychology. So I never knew if I'd actually use it, but we took classes in leadership, entrepreneurship, Hmm. all the psych classes on individuals and how groups work and think. And I thought, oh yeah, these are good life skills, but whatever, who knows what I'll do eventually. Um, I was also there to party. So (laughs) (laughs) triathlon was not a part of, of my life. Um, I didn't really do any sports in my early to mid to even late twenties. I focused on a bit on my career, but I moved to Los Angeles and I was working in entertainment marketing and PR. So I was working at this Beverly Hills PR firm doing, you know, I did a lot of lifestyle and entertainment marketing. So it was like, uh, so remember when you see Sex in the City and Carrie Bradshaw got really stoned and she had this big bucket of KFC that she was eating the chicken. Well, like I was the person who would bring that KFC bucket to the, to the set so that she could eat out of it. Cause KFC was one of our clients. Um, so, <laughs> so it was a product placement, lifestyle marketing, entertainment marketing, a lot of fun stuff. We had a lot of liquor clients. So like my truck would, all, my trunk would always be full of Dom Perignon and Johnny Walker and, I could bring it to parties to promote the brands and it all sounds really fun, but it, it, it was a bit vapid and it just, in the end, it kind of lacked meaning for me. I saw my bosses and I was like, yeah, they're successful. This is like a glamorous lifestyle ahead of me, but I didn't want to be them in five years. I didn't see, mm-hmm. um, see that working with being a family or doing anything else. And I still wasn't into sports, but then at that time, I just thought, you know what, I'm going to go back to school. So I went to, back to graduate school to become an educational psychologist. Mm. So I know we're still not at the sporting career part of this and I'm already in my mid to late twenties. So that's pretty interesting. But, um, I spent four more years getting my graduate degree and then I practiced in schools. So I was essentially doing, I was a school psychologist. So I did diagnosis and assessment and interventions for kids with learning differences and autism and ADHD. And I loved my job, but that's when I found triathlon and started having success as an age grouper. So, um, that was about 2008, 2009 was when I first started running. And then, um, of course, as most people do, I became an injured runner who bought a bike. My dad actually thought it would be a great idea for me to buy a bike so I could not get injured and and do a little bit less. (laughs) But then, of course, I ended up doing a lot more because I found triathlon. And so I started racing as an age grouper in 2008, 2009. And I just, I loved it right away. Um, I did it while I was working full time through, you know, 2010 through 2011. I did my first full Ironman and I did my first Kona in 2010. And I was absolutely hooked and yeah. I, I was just, you know, training a lot, working a lot, but loving every minute. And it, it gave me that community and that sort of meaning in life that I never really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. had before. I did find a lot of purpose in my job. I loved my job, but I was finding a lot of other things also through triathlon. Um, you know, even in my first Ironman, I, it was in St. George in 2010. And that's when it was like super, super hilly there. It was like this crazy mm. course they'd never done. It was the first year they did it. It was my first Ironman. And I got not only a flat tire, but like a, my whole sidewall blew, So I couldn't use the tire. So I was on the side of the road for an hour and a half. And I just remember being like, oh man, like I just need to finish this thing. And eventually after an hour and a half, I got a new tire and I did finish that that first Ironman. And, you know, I was way back obviously, cause I'd been 
on the yeah. road for so long. I think it was about 12 hours, but I still had, you know, I had the fastest amateur run split. So that gave me a little bit of like, Oh, okay. I want to go do this again. And I had qualified for Kona that year as an age grouper, um, just through a half Ironman. Mm-hmm. And so I did Kona that year and, um, it was awesome. It was so much fun, but yeah. So by 2012, I thought, okay, I was winning most of my age groups. I was always winning my age group, probably in most of the Ironmans or 70.3s I was doing. And I thought, you know what, why don't I do this? I'm going to still be working full time, but let's take the plunge and go for it. And I told my coach at the time who was, do you remember Dirk Ashmanite? He was a a German. And I said, "I, I think I'd like to go pro. And he said, why would you do that? <laughs> really? Oh, there's a vote of confidence. <laughs> yeah, one. Okay, maybe. Yeah. And but I, you know, I didn't listen to him obviously, and then he, he didn't <laughs> continue to be my coach after that. But I knew there was a big jump between where I was and where the pros were. Like I was about probably 30 minutes back from I was at the very top of the age groupers, but the top of the pros was still 30 minutes ahead of where oh, I was. Yeah. So and I was never a good swimmer because I didn't swim through high school and college or anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And back then you could get by an Ironman being a sub average swimmer. You can't anymore. But um I could get by and I knew that I wanted to take that jump. So I did it anyway. And I got a new coach, uh, who was actually, um, you, Pete Colson, who, you know, hey, I know Pete yeah. Well. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, so he was, um, when he lived in California, I was there. And so he coached me and Heather Jackson at the same time, we were training partners on our first pro year in 2012. And then, yeah, it's, I mean, it involved from there. And then, so, oh gosh, this is come, becoming a long story. I'm sorry. No, guys, this is but. awesome. This is, a, this is a really great we were on the clock. I'm loving it. Uh, yeah. So, so in 2012, I did my first pro races and I, I did better than I thought that I would. I, I figured I would be one of the last people, um, but I wasn't. And I was right in the middle of the field and I knew what I had to work on, which was always the swim and the bike. My run was always the thing I could sort of count on. Hmm. Um, and So I thought, okay, I'm going to take one day off of work a week and really focus on the riding. And so I went down to four days a week at work. Um, And I think then I eventually went down to three days a week at work. And then in May of 2013, um, I... Met Well, I had met him a long time ago, but I got together with Luke McKenzie, who's Uh my husband now. And um, he is obviously, I'm sure most of you guys know, but he was much more accomplished than I was in triathlon. He'd won seven or eight Ironmans at the time, and he was, you know, a full-time triathlete. And he was... been second at Kona too, hadn't he? Uh, In what year was that? Did he get second? Well, that was in 2013. Oh, that's when he was falling in love with you. That was the good luck charm, Greg. Yes. No, I've (laughs) talked about on this show about... Uh, love and emotion is such a powerful weapon. When guys fall in love or girls fall in love, it's uh, it's really powerful what it can do for you. Anyway, I yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I no, but that was it. Was a big pivotal moment in my life. Yeah. And in May, we met and um, and started hanging out together. And he's like, "Look, like, yeah, you're fi- you're doing fine as a pro, but." He's, he saw how much I was riding every week, which was like probably 150 kilometers a week or something because of my work schedule. Yeah. Um, or maybe, you know, maybe a bit more. I don't know. He said, but, you know, you really need to, if, if you want to do this, and I believe you can, you need to take it more seriously and, um, you know, 
see, see what you can do full time. So I, I applied for leave of absence from my job for, and they granted it to me for one year. And I thought, okay, I'll do it for one year and then I'll mm-hmm. go back, you know, mm-hmm. spoiler alert. I never went back, but, um, you know, he really showed me that if I, if I went all in and did it, that I could be successful. And so we started training together and, you know, right away, like everything just sort of clicked. Like I started getting better and improving. Um, and, but, you know, didn't have any immediate success or anything like that. And then by that fall, so I had taken a leave of absence, <laughs> left my job. And then by that fall, that's when Luke got second in Kona. And the yeah. week before that, we actually found out that I was pregnant with our first daughter, Wynn, which was obviously a huge surprise. Uh, um, and we found out literally four days before he raced in Kona. And granted, remember, if you do the, t- the math here, Luke and I had only been dating about, what, four months? Gee <laughs> <laughs> whiz. Yeah. So, we go. You know what? It's an old-fashioned way marriage of doing it. Like you talk to our parents. It's like they're like, yeah, the first one can come any time and the second one takes nine months. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, we did feel really lucky right away. And we, to be fair, we had one of those very quick relationships because he convinced me to take a leave of absence. And what that meant was like right away I was trying training full time. So I pretty much left my apartment, moved in with him. We did a training camp in Bend, Oregon that summer. Like, so we lived together 100% Mm -hmm. from the beginning. So we were, we already felt, you know, married for all intents and purposes within the first four months. So it wasn't like a, a a shock for our relationship, but it was a shock for what I thought my career was going to look like. Yeah. In triathlon, um, I had just started to get some of my own sponsors. Like I was sponsored by Zood and Cannondale and SRAM and Zip and, um, you know, but I hadn't accomplished that much. I'd gone, I think I, I got, maybe I was second at Ironman Wisconsin in tw- 2012 and yeah. a few other podiums, things like that, but nothing, nothing out of this world. So yeah. Right away, you know, it was these highs and no lows, but the high of Luke coming second in Kona really changed, you know, his trajectory and what he knew he could accomplish in the sport and his, you know, full commitment to Kona. And then for me, finding out I'm pregnant three months into my leave of absence to be a professional triathlete was interesting. Um, But I think what it gave me right away was just this drive that I knew I wanted to come back and in hindsight, come back probably too quickly. But I knew that I wanted to, you know, show everybody that I I had, I had still made the right decision and things like that. But I did, I lost a lot of sponsors because at that time there weren't women doing what they're doing now. There weren't women Mm -hmm. that were having babies and then coming back and being successful in triathlon and talking about it. Um, Mm -hmm. There were women that were doing it. So Gina Crawford, she's somebody I really looked up to, but she was very quiet. She was very um, sort of just, you know, always just, you never really knew what Gina was doing until she showed up at the, at at the finish line in first place. Like she was one of those quiet achievers where Mm -hmm. um, I feel like, you know, I was one of the first that really just, put it out there that pregnancy and having kids could be a benefit and a blessing, not only to you and your family, but to women around the world who still have goals they want to achieve in sport. And, um, 
that it's not the end of that sporting career. Mm. And so our whole first year with Win in 2014, 2015 was, um, Oh, looking back, it was so crazy, but it was so much fun. We traveled the world with her. She had, I think, 15 different country stamps on her passport by the time she turned one, because <laughs> Luke and I raced all over the world. We brought her with us. Um, it was a really special time. And uh, during that time, too, is when I really was able to come into my own as an athlete. Um, I did come back a little bit too quickly, so... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what what know, would you recommend on that? Like talk, talking to mums of women's families out there, you know, I've had Radka on the show. I've had, you know, um, Chelsea Sadara. I've had yeah. I've had a lot of mums and I'm always curious, you know, when I spoke to Chelsea right after she won Kona Ironman, she actually said she thought she came back too quick as well. And yeah. she kind of felt like she might have lost some of that time Mm-hmm. with a little one that she kind of regretted a bit. And I was, I, it was not to say she didn't love winning Kona Ironman and everything else, but she was all, I was just, I'm just curious, you know, if you had the, if you had a magic wand to do it yeah. exactly how you want, what would that look like? Yeah. So that first time with Win, I was, as I said, I was determined to, to come back quickly because I was like still on my one year leave of absence. <laughs> and, um, but I, I wanted to, you know, keep any little sponsors I had, which weren't many, let many at that point and just sort of prove that I could come back early. And at that point there was, um, the, there was a point system to qualify for Kona and women needed like an exorbitant amount of points to qualify for Kona. It was crazy. So I knew I had to start gaining points for Kona for the following year very early. So I did Ironman Malaysia, uh, when win was only three and a half months old. So, um, she was 11 weeks old and, um, still my slowest Ironman marathon to date, but I think I still sneaked in, snuck in under three thirty in Malaysia, which was pretty good. Wow. Um, Were you still breastfeeding and things at that time? Yeah. So I, and I, I actually didn't travel with wind to that. Like I just, she was in Hawaii with Luke and his mom and I went to Malaysia for like five or six days and I froze all my breast milk. I was pumping in all the change tents and doing all that stuff before that was even a thing. I remember Tammy Barker, who's one of the Australian people sitting on the, sitting on the ground with me at the end, as I'm just pumping in the, in the change tent, she made a special little place for me and we're just chatting about the race. Um, and I, I, did. I, got, I, got good, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> I got good points for Kona and I did eventually qualify for Kona the following year. But, um, but looking back, it was too soon because, mm. you know, not only asking a lot of your body, but I did, as Chelsea said, like, I think I was so focused on the process of coming back to triathlon that I didn't focus as much on the process of, you know, just being there with my daughter. And I was there with her a lot. Like the great Mm. thing about being a triathlete is like you can go and train during their naps and during other things and then come back and have a nap (laughs) with them or sit on the couch, those kinds of things. And, you know, it's, it is still, I got to spend a lot more time with my daughter than a mom that would have a nine to five job. So I do appreciate that, but I feel like I was also very tired a lot of the time, so I didn't hey, appreciate I it at all. You, it's like the recovery phase of when, when your exactly. baby's having a nap. That's actually in the recovery phase, not to go smash yourself. Yeah. Hey. So I did, yeah. you know, the second time around, I did make sure to enjoy it a lot more and take mm. a longer time to come back racing. And that 
kind of thing. So that was a lesson learned, but I have no regrets. Um, I think that was good. But then, so when Wynn was six months old, so at the end of 2014, that was actually perfect for me. I'd raced Ironman Western Australia. And to date, that's probably my, my best ever race. I think I still have the uh, course record for the, the run, not the whole thing. I'm not that fast, but, um, (laughs) that was one of my best races ever. And I ran a sub three hour marathon off the bike when she was what, six months old. So I always tell people, give it at least six months, nothing less. And then, you know, see what happens from there. That's yeah. really good feedback, though, for for people listening. Like, just to understand what you think the perfect window is. You know, it's yeah. like, it's like traveling. I like you. We we traveled with with our daughter in that first year so much. I was coaching an athlete, and we traveled the world, and and it was kind of. Then I realized, and I told people, look, you can travel with your kids, no problem. You know, that three month to one year, it's easy. Yeah. But that that little window when they're kind of one to three. And they're starting to crawl and on the move, but they don't understand discipline. That little window is tough. Or between one and two, it's like maybe avoid. <laughs> I don't know. You guys have traveled. I totally agree. No, for me, but, I always say twelve to eighteen months is the hardest time to oh, travel with kids. Yes. Toddlers are very, very challenging, especially yes. with jet lag and things like that too. So. Yeah. Um, it is something to build into there for sure. <laughs> Look, but, this has been an incredible journey. I, you know, looking at your results, you continued to progress. Um, mm-hmm. You know, 2015 was a remarkable year. Uh, plenty of podiums everywhere, lots of racing, a big win that yes. I am in Switzerland. Yeah. So that was, that's definitely my career highlight was when I won Ironman Switzerland and that's when Wynn was 13 months old. So that Mm. was huge for me. I had a one-year-old daughter, an amazing husband. I won an Ironman, like life was really, really good. And I'll always look back at those times and know that we worked really hard, but it was all worth it. And Mm. um, Mm. yeah, it was a really special time and we really enjoyed it. It's it's not something that everyone gets to do. And I'll always, you know, I didn't have huge, huge, a big, huge successful career, but to have one or two great things um, that I got to accomplish is, is great. And then that year I think was my best year in Kona, which is still not amazing. I think I was 15th. So yeah, it's good. Yeah. But a solid year, but then look, fast forward one more year and you're winning Ironman Australia. Yeah. So I, Marla was born in July of 2017. Um, so she and Wynn are like three and a half years apart and we actually had Marla while we're still racing. So I had some of my other best races ever, probably six to nine, six to 12 months after I had Marla. So, um, 20, what would have, yeah, 2018 in Ironman Cans was a great year for me. Um, I got to race with Rinny and some other, other moms. <laughs> and I think I was third there when I was the Asia Pacific Championships. But that was, you know, at that time we were, we had two kids and then we had also launched Win Republic in 2017, two weeks before Marla was born. So things just got a lot busier after that. And I think our, our career sort of started to wind down. Yeah, no, fair, fair enough. Well, let's do this. I want to move forward a little bit. Um, you know, I think you've really explained a lot here in terms of being a mother. Um, well, even I love taking a step further back. I love the relationship between 
you and Luke and how I'll, I'll, I'll say easy. I know it's not, no relationships are purely easy, but I love the fact that you guys were kind of much like Laura and I, we kind of, we just started living together straight away. It was like, yeah. there was no dating. It was like, suddenly we're just like, Oh, so I don't tell anybody how to have their relationships. I just I kind <laughs> of, when you, find, when you find that when it's easy, I don't feel like you should be in a place to tell other people how to do it. But I, I love that you guys were able to make it happen so easily. Like I said, at the top of the show, two beautiful girls. Um, I want to, I want to transition to, you know, win Republic. Um, and the th- let's start with the thought process of why start, <laughs> why, yeah. what inspired you to start win Republic in the first place? And, and really I asked that because, you know, there was a lot of clothing brands around. There still are. And it's kind of like, what was the catalyst for thinking, let's start this company? Yeah. So as you did just mention, Luke, for for all the big things that have happened in my life, I have to really give Luke credit for literally, I guess, and figuratively planting the seeds of getting pregnant or, um, you know, having the guts to take a leave of absence and start a professional triathlon career. And then also for starting Win Republic. So he's always the person who has, um, you know, started it all. And then um, I'm the one who really takes it and runs with it a lot of the time. So Win was no different. So in 2013, we already talked about how Luke was second at the Ironman World Championships in Kona. And he was like one of the first people ever. There were a couple others, but he was one of the first ever to wear a sleeved aero trisuit and mm. a trucker hat, which I'm pretty sure the trucker is not aerodynamic, but let, <laughs> let's, <laughs> we'll leave that out of, it, out yeah. of here. But um, so he wore that suit. And because he came second that year and he had led for most of the race, it got a lot of attention. And he had actually spent... His, spon- his sponsor at the time was Saucony and he had spent time with them convincing them that he should be able to wear one of these suits and helping them develop that suit. So the other athletes that wore that suit in the race were actually also Saucony sponsored athletes who had access to the suit. Ah. Um, like Heather and Trevor Wartell. Anyway, so he had worn that suit and then they started to become more popular. He wasn't the first. There was somebody else and Luke knows who it is. I don't remember, but... They became more popular and he, Luke had always really been into aerodynamics. So he'd been spending time with Simon Smart in the wind tunnel from drag to zero and things that a lot of people weren't doing back at that time. Like this was 2013. Now in 2024, it's expected. You have to do it. Everyone's going to the wind tunnel, the velodrome, doing all that. But nobody was doing this back then. I mean, people were, but they were mostly cycling teams and mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so we spent a lot of time then with our subsequent sponsor that sponsored both of us in Dura on working with them to develop their aero tri suits. And it's something that we were both really passionate about. Luke loved the, the technological aspects of it, um, doing the testing and just finding all the different iterations and how different fabrics could interact to be successful. And then I, of course, always loved the design. So I, I'd help figure out what would look best, what would make us stand out, what would make us look cohesive, um, but have a classic look. So that's where the basis of it was. But in, gosh, 2016, we were living in California and I got this little a letter in the mail and it said to Eru LLC. So spelled A-E-R-O-O-L-L-C, Eru. And I was like, what is this, Luke? And he's like, oh, 
oh yeah, I just, I incorporated this company because I wanted to make an aero tri-suit and aero is like, um, you know, like an aero kangaroo. (laughs) (laughs) And that was going to be the name of it. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, I really like the idea, but this name is crap. (laughs) We're done with that. (laughs) It's as hokey Australian as you can get. I don't want any part of it, but let's, let's rethink this. Let's think of something else. And we already had our daughter win, uh, Mm. and her name is spelled W Y N N E. And we shortened it to win Republic and Republic because it's, you know, for the people, for the athletes, it's a community. And then I designed our little, um, flagship logo, which has the California bear, which is where I was living and from at the time. And then the Southern cross, which is the Australian mm. flag. So it had all of our heritage in there, our family name really. And it was a homophone for win, like winning. And so we thought, okay, this is it. Let's do it. And so then we, you know, visited some factories. We, and we were originally just going to make a men's aero tri suit, but with pretty much everything in my life, at least it, it just ends up being a bit more. So um, <laughs> yeah, we came out with our first line in July of 2017, of course, two weeks before we had our second daughter. So I was on the ground, um, you know, stamping mailer bags and just doing all this stuff. At that point, I was really the person, and Luke will attest to this too, I was the person running the business, starting the business, because Luke, his job was still, I was pregnant and having a baby, so I wasn't racing, but his job was still to be racing triathlon. And we wanted him to be the person that was going to market win Republic. So he had to do really well. Mm. Um, and, you know, so four weeks after we had, Mar- oh, three, two weeks after we had Marlo, we launched Re- win Republic. Then three weeks after that, he went and he won Ironman Wisconsin, um, which was great. And that was the first time anybody, uh, you know, had won a big race in Win mm-hmm. Republic. Uh, so that sort of started it off with that. Um, and at the time too, the reason I was really running it was because he, we were both still running, um, remember the Island House Triathlon. We yes, were the yes. race directors of that, which was a huge, huge responsibility. And 2017 was the last year that we had that, but he really took the reins on that. He was amazing at events management and execution, whereas I wasn't, that wasn't really my calling. So we sort of divided and conquered at that point. Um, and it wasn't until really 2018, 2019, when he started racing a little bit less he started taking on more of the business. And now, I mean, for all intents and purposes, I'm, I'm the CEO, but Luke, Luke is the one who makes everything happen. He's, you know, really in there with operations, all of our partnerships and things like that. So you guys both really talk each other up and I love it. (laughs) Because when I had Luke on the show, he was basically saying the exact same thing about you. And I just think that's a, a match made in heaven. I love the way you both celebrate each other. So I love that you, you know, you set out to just, okay, let's make some speed suits for the men's triathlon. Like it was such a yeah. niche little, really in the big scheme of thing, a niche little thing. Did you ever, did you have a vision or a mission that, you saw yourselves growing like you have? Like, or was it always just kind of like, oh, let's see what happens here? Yeah. In the beginning, we did talk about sort of our five and 10 year goals. And we both Mm. said that we would never want it to be so big that we couldn't manage it. Like we are, you know, I'm really Mm. proud that we're a hundred percent bootstrapped company. So we have 
Wow. Zero investment. Actually, that's not true. His parents gave us a small loan in the very beginning, which we paid back. But yeah. we don't have any investors. We don't, and we've had, you know, yeah. some offers of investment and stuff. They just haven't felt right yet. Um, and, you know, as long as we are really, really entrenched in the company, I think we want to be able to to have it feel manageable for us. And part of what we're learning, obviously, is how to scale a company and things like that. And we are, mm-hmm. it is growing now. We never um, expected it probably to grow to this, to, to what it is now. Like it's definitely a global company where we've got a thousand age group ambassadors. We're, you know, coming out with different things all throughout the year. We're finally at a position where we're able to sponsor a bunch of top professional athletes, but, but yeah, with that becomes, comes a lot of, yeah, I'd say that 2024 for me is my scariest year yet because we have so many, you know, commitments now we we are committed to a lot of pro athletes. We're committed to a lot of amateur athletes, to a lot of things that we want to see succeed. And so we need to make sure that the business is super healthy and can sustain all that too. And that the people that work with us are really happy and, um, want to grow the business as much as we do. Yeah. It's, it's like when I had, um, well, I think our mutual friend, I think, you know, Ed Baker, who I, I was working with. I don't, anyway. I want to know him though. He's oh, somebody okay. I need well, to we'll know. Make an introduction for sure. <laughs> he's one of my best friends and he's a wonderful man, but I know his story because I've listened to your podcast and it's pretty <laughs> impressive with what he's done with a bunch of companies. Well, if you listen to the first time I had him on the show and he talked about a K factor, you know, and this, uh, and, and, and when you're growing, there's a right amount, you know, and I think it was like 1.2 was the kind of the right amount. Cause if you grow too quick, you know, you can collapse and exactly. if you slow and it's, it's like, you're saying you and Luke want to remain in the business and, and have this sense of, you know, control, I guess, but it's also wanting to grow and, and seeing what can happen here. And I can't believe a thousand age groupers. Um, yeah. I did see that you signed one of my all-time favorite athletes, Ashley Gentle, this last yes. month. Um, what a great, that's fantastic. Um, he's just wonderful. I love Ash. So I'm, I'm happy for you guys with that. Who are some of the other pros you got? Yeah, so... So signing Ashley was a really big deal because we, you know, she has won the Noosa triathlon 10 times, but she's also just such a force right now in middle distance triathlon and a great person, somebody we've been friends with for a long time. So having her as a strong woman in the lineup is amazing. We've also got Chelsea Sodaro, who, you know, won Ironman World Championships in 2022. And for me, Chelsea was our first super, super meaningful signing to me because she was, um, she was that mom that I felt that I was, but amplified, you know, on 10 times, 10 X of what I was, was what Chelsea is and is for women. And I see the impact she's making and it's, it's amazing. It's really cool to see how she's empowering women and girls to continue to go after their dreams and to, make sure to prioritize themselves um, because that is what is going to help build strong children as well. And so, yeah, Chelsea's been huge. Um, We also just signed Lionel Sanders, which was so big for us. Um, He's another one that's just, his authenticity just is so inspiring to me and so many in the way that he just is the most gritty, real, raw guy you're ever going to meet. Um, the emotion that comes out of Lionel, I think is something that everyone can connect to. So we're 
really excited to see how we can weave in with his story and have him help him have a successful 24 and beyond. Um, and then really exciting, actually, I didn't even get a chance to check the post, but at 7 a.m. this morning, so just before we started talking, we've announced that we're also sponsoring Josh Amberger. So hey. Ashley's partner, I know, and the announcement's really cool. I can't wait to go after this and see what the feedback is. because well, it's will come after your announcement, so it's perfect. I, <laughs> yeah, and it's it's the funniest, like, of course, it's very Josh. It's, Josh it's, is it's, awesome. I mean, yes. this guy, his episode on my show, he's just so... I don't know. He's just so real. I, I love Josh. I just, yeah, that's really cool. I'm, I'm really stoked for you. Yeah. And I think, you know, I know that most of these athletes that we've had a chance to, to sponsor in the past couple of years that they're, we're probably not the people, I mean, we might be, but we're probably not the ones that have offered them the most money. Um, but we're the ones that have offered them the most genuine support so the athletes know that Luke and I are going to be there at as many races as we can be at. We are going to help them personally develop the fastest suits for them. We, we do really care. And for a lot of the athletes, I think that's, that's made the difference. Um, Ash and Josh know, like we've been cheering for them on the sidelines for years and they were never in our kit. So they know how it's going to be. And it's having them close to us in Brisbane is really amazing. So a lot of what we're doing with Ash and Josh, yeah, sure, they're great ambassadors for the brand. Mm -hmm. But since they're just down the down the hill, really, in Brisbane, um, and they have access to uh, a velodrome there, we're, we're going to be doing a lot of testing with them on our new um, aero tri-suits. We have a new one coming out called the CDA suit. Um, and so they're just constantly helping us test that. And Josh, I'm sure, you know, is super into aerodynamics and things the way that Luke was. So he's the perfect person for us to work with, to really tweak things and have a lot more real time feedback. That's pretty easy to get. So it's going to be, I think it's going to be a great relationship. And even, even the one thing with Josh is he's, uh, he's got a creative genius about him that, you know, if, if he's willing and able you know, to work with you, you know, you, you're on the design side and, and, and probably a lot on the social side and, um, you know, and that's what you want from all your athletes. But I, I've always, you know, with Josh is probably one of the few that you click on, on social media and go, Oh, it's Josh. Great. I'm going to actually read this or, you know, listen to Josh because he, he spends his time and he's just very, very clever. Um, so I'm excited for you to yeah, have both, both of them. It's really cool. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think it is about Win Republic that sets it, sets you guys apart from other brands? Because I think you nailed one thing where you said, you know, you and Luke are at so many events around the world and you both look like you're really having a good time. You look like you're not just there setting up a tent and going, oh, is there somebody coming over to buy some stuff? It looks like you're really fans of the sport, fans of everybody in it. You understand it because you've both lived it. Um, is, is that the difference? But, you know, what else is it about Win Republic that sets it apart? I mean, I think you just nailed it. I don't think there is much else. I think when you have that real, true, personal connection to both the sport and the people, it mm. goes a long way. Um, but our goal is really that, you know, the company could survive beyond us. But I think it's important for people to know whoever the brand is, whatever the thing that you're going to invest in, that it, that it has a soul. Um, I love, 
I love purchasing from brands that have a soul, that have a meaning, that have more than just sport. You know, for us, there's also been other things, you know, that we do beyond just selling Lycra as far as organizations we work with, things we're trying to do. Um, But the main why for us, you know, is triathlon and the people and supporting them to achieve their goals and, just acknowledging that in the, in the greater sense and how cool it is because Luke and I can both look at everybody on the course, everyone who's in our suit and know what it took them to get there and to do that and to actually make it to the finish line. And we really value that as something that those people get to do. So we feel pretty honored that we get to be a part of it. And that helps us just have meaning for our company. And I think anybody having meaning in their job and in their life is, is that's the, that's the goal. Of course. I love that. When, 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 I'm, I want to go back to the entrepreneurial type mindset. When you first got your first shipment of Win Republic <laughs> tri suits or whatever, yeah. you, you, what did it feel like when that first order came through? <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. To, to be very honest, I, we, I had a two week old baby. And we had a bunch of sort of, you know, like Tupperware type storage containers in an Airbnb in the the worst part of <laughs> Encinitas, you can imagine. I know Encinitas sounds nice, but it wasn't where we were. Um, and a mattress on the floor and all these, uh, you know, cartons around us and a little infant sleeping on me. But we just looked around and we're like, oh my gosh, we've got all this stuff and now we got to sell it. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, we started selling everything literally out of a tiny little Airbnb, um, in California. And it was a crazy feeling just getting that stuff there and knowing that, okay, it's either going to go out the door or we're going to go bankrupt. So (laughs) one way or the other. So how did you start? Was it just through friends and you just started saying, Hey, do you want to try this tri suit out? Like, how did you actually get going? Yeah. Well, part of it is what I mentioned in the beginning is just the, um, the marketing and branding aspect of it. Like we knew we couldn't sponsor other professional athletes, but we knew that Luke was going to be racing right away. And at the time he had, um, you know, a really big Instagram following his, his Instagram has since been hacked and it doesn't exist anymore (laughs) in that, uh, in that sense. But, um, we really started marketing, marketing it through that and through some key friends and things like that. We didn't yeah. have any, any sponsored athletes or anything. Um, but we had, I built our whole website, um, and built a U.S. site and an Australian site. And we just launched online. We did a big photo shoot with corrupt vision, Glenn Murray, who's still around. Yeah. Um, yeah. and this just went from there. Uh, it, but yeah, in the beginning it was, you know, you'd get one order a day and just be so excited when that little ding went off for Shopify. And then eventually it was maybe two orders a day. And then eventually you had 20 orders a week, but that it took a long time. Um, you know, it wasn't an overnight success at all, but the great thing for us is that although we were vastly, vastly, vastly overextended, it wasn't our sole source of income until it was a side hustle to start that you were able to Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we were way too busy in 2017, 2018. That's all kind of a blur for me because we had an infant, we had an infant mm. business. Luke was racing full time. I got back to racing in 2018 full time. And, um, 
yeah, it was a hectic time, but I think we needed it to really just dig our heels in and just say, okay, this is when we're in the trenches and eventually we'll be out of the trenches. And, yeah. you know, eventually things, things cleared out a bit. I love it. We, in, in tech, we call it Flintstoning, mm. right? It's like, you remember the Flintstones, they got to run with their cars. They're basically, yes. <laughs> it's like you, in tech, as the CEO and founder, you're doing everything. Yeah. You're doing email responding. You're doing every little thing that customer you can Customer service. Oh, yeah. Customer service. And it all goes to you and you're trying to present like you're bigger than you are. But really it's, you know, it's you and you're talking directly with people and, and, and you're going. And um, now now when you look at you, your growth, where, you know, how many sort of orders are in 2023 were you filling out for the whole year? Oh, good question. I should actually know that answer. I don't know the number of orders. I'm one of those people that I know our average order value and our monthly revenue and things like that. But the actual number of orders, I don't know. But yeah, we're definitely in the like hundreds per week. It's um, getting up there. Both Australia and US have sort of built up simultaneously quite well. So, um, and how many are on your team then? Have you got, you've got employees, full-time employees now in both Australia and US or is it just you and yeah. Luke um, so we're up to about 10 between full-time and part-time. And in mm-hmm. the U.S., we're super lucky to have um, a girl named Katie who's been with us from the very beginning. So once we left that Airbnb in California to go back to Australia, um, I moved all those little crates into Katie's house. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so Katie has been with us from the beginning, and she runs the U.S. office. Um, she's a, a also a shareholder in that part of the business so that we really okay. have people who are interested in growing the company from, from all directions. And I know it's all in good hands with Katie there. Um, and then a few that work with her there and a few that work with us here. But overall, like you said, people think we're much bigger than we are. Like they get so surprised when they email customer service and, you know, I'm not the first point of contact for customer service anymore. Thank God. But, um, if there's ever just like a, you know, a deeper question, they forward it to me and I reply right away, of course. And, you know, people are still, still, you know, Oh, you're replying to me. I'm like, yeah, who who else do you think is here? You know, (laughs) there's not that many of us. We're not Nike yet, but it won't take long. We're going to get, have you had moments of, doubt like when you've sort of laying in bed going uh what are we doing yeah no 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 moments of like what are we doing because I believe so much in what we're doing and now now that we're able to really support um a lot of professional athletes too that's something that's always been important to us you know it's great for marketing but it's also I believe in their careers I love being a part of it and being able to help them achieve their goals and you know so this year, I, I was saying, and I said to Luke, it's the first time it's a bit scary to me because we have a lot of obligations to other people. And mm. based on the past years and the past numbers, we're going to be fine. But still, it's a lot more commitment that I'm used to. Um, yeah. And uh, I just know that it's going to make us all work a little better and a little harder. And hopefully those things will also, you know, they are designed to be marketing things. Hopefully Lionel will help generate revenue and I'm sure you, he will. You've got, you've got some of the, if you were to pick for the greatest athletes in the world of triathlon to pick. Yeah. I think you've nailed it. Um, yeah. If you could throw in Lucy Charles Barkley for oh, cheap, yes. Be great. Oh, I'd love that. <laughs> totally. No, no. But Lucy, yeah, we are. 
Yeah. I know Reese listens to the show a bit. So uh, Reese, I I'm a diehard Lucy fan. She knows it. Um, yeah. She's actually supported us a bit in the past on the download too, not with Win, but more with um, our active wear that we've had before. Yeah. So she's yeah. been really great. Um, but yeah, we also we are looking to expand a bit into Asia and Ooh, the EU. Awesome. Yeah. Um, we dipped our toes in by attending, you know, some of the expos at the World Champs in Europe last year, and we did sign our first big european athlete who's uh, uh leon chevalier who's mm-hmm. he's been top 10 and top five at yeah. kona the past few years so um yeah we're really excited about that but yeah this this is the first year i'm like oh my god i hope everything's gonna be okay but um i i know it it will be a hundred percent will be and i i it's like you said your why is so strong you feel the energy from you and luke just whether you're watching you on social media or the events that you're at, um, you don't, you're not in the sport to make a quick buck. You're actually there to be a part of people's journeys mm-hmm. and support them. And, and you can, you can sense that through Win Republic, you know, through yeah. you guys. It's, it's really cool. And, and I have tremendous faith. Is there anything I can do while we have you on the podcast and we're chatting, you know, is there anything we can do, um, to get listeners to get to win Republic, you know, it's, it's oh, is there anything exciting. that <laughs> people go to winrepublic.com or is it .com.au? There's two websites, right? Just winrepublic.com. But um, yeah, so winrepublic.com, W-Y-N, it's a, with a Y, not a I, winrepublic.com and winrepublic.com.au. Um, and if you want afterwards, I can send Greg a special discount code for his listeners. I'll oh, cool. call it Greg 15, 15% off for, for, for the month of February or for the, month. When it, for the month after this comes out. We don't know okay, when this will come you, out. We'll give you 30 days. Greg 15 the- people. There you go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, people need to go check it out. And, um, you know, triathlon is a family and uh, we, we should be yeah. all supporting each other. And I think that's really cool. Now, listen, I want to, um, you know, one of my favorite things to do, I, there's, I, I'm going to have to bring you back, by the way, because there's so many <laughs> other topics I want to talk to you about with uh, opinions in the world of triathlon and all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, actually, before I do, I do have one question before I get to the big four. This year, there yeah. are a lot of races around the world. Yeah. Um, the PTO have just announced their T100 series. Um, you've got the Ironman series. You've got Challenge. You've got... Races everywhere. Where are you guys going to go? Where are you, what events are you going to be at? Ooh, well, so, you know, actually, for, the first event I'm going to be at is actually for myself. So in two weeks, I'm running a 100-kilometer trail race. Yes, we haven't talked even it, about your running racing yet. My in goodness, New what am I doing? <laughs> oh, no, that's okay. Oh, uh, yes, uh, 100K. Yes. Uh, so all eyes on that. Um and then after that, we're going to go, we're going to go to the PTO in Singapore to, oh, sorry. I'm, I'm, that's not even the next race. The next race, we are going to Tasmania 70.3 this weekend, only for, <laughs> for only for one night, actually, um, because we want to support Chelsea Sodaro, who is, um, you know, all the, here all the way from the U.S. So it's important for us to be there for her. Um, and Braden Curry, as well as Grace Speck is another one of our athletes going to be there. And wow. Hannah DeVette, who's Hayden Wilde's partner, is going to um, be racing in the Win Republic. So we've got a strong professional crew, but also we're going down to support our age group athletes. We don't oh. have an expo there, but we are going to be on the ground. 
Oh, yeah. that's awesome. So and, you then, went, yeah, and then you're doing the 100K running race, which was, where, where are you doing that? So that's in Rotorua, New Zealand, and it'll be my, my first 100K. I spent, I spent the last year and a half really chasing the marathon. Yes, um, congrats, by the way. You did another t- sub 240 last year at the Sunshine Coast Marathon, right? You, you yeah, yeah. Run. So originally, like in 2022, I guess, 2021, I thought, I was, you know, I'm f- I turned 44 yesterday, Greg, so I'm not getting any younger. Happy birthday. <laughs> oh, I think I actually did know that as well. And I apologize. For no, no, but I, you know, I've, I've surprised myself in that I've run, you know, my best, best marathons, everything at 42, 43, I decided yeah. to really give the marathon a crack just to see what I could do personally. I didn't have any grand goals, but the idea of qualifying for the U S Olympic trials came up sort of halfway through and I thought, Oh, you know, maybe I could shoot for that. But then of course, once you get a goal in your head, you're like, I've got to try to do it. So, um, qualifying for the U S Olympic trials was like the, you had to go to sub two thirty seven, So a two thirty six fifty nine, And I did a two thirty seven forty seven, um, Ouch. and a two thirty eight nineteen or something. And then a two thirty nine earlier this year. So I got super close a bunch of times and Although it was a failure for me, like it didn't feel like a failure. I feel Mm. like I got everything out of myself that I could at the time, given everything, you know, that I have going on with kids and work. And I just, I was amazed my body even let me get close at, at that age. So I'm, you know, and having never done it before. So it's, I just, I hope people never stop or never like, just don't don't sell yourself short. Like you can, you can accomplish a lot. And even if you just get close, sometimes that feels like a win too. Well, I think it's a tremendous win. And I think what you're doing is a bit like when I had Dan Plews on the show recently and, oh, uh, yeah. you know, and he was, we were celebrating him breaking the eight hours as an Amazing. age grouper. And he said, Greg, you know, was, I read the book, this book, Die, Die With Zero. And so I've gone and read it since. And anyway, the book basically is, look, at certain times in your life, your health is going to be best and your money's going to be there. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's like, he said, look, I'm 44. I think he was the same age as you. And he's like, this is my last chance to go really fast for an yeah. Ironman. And I just want to give it one last crack because believe it or not, no matter how many longevity experts are out there. <laughs> you can't do it at 50. You can't, you will not do your, if you've been doing the sport for a long, long time, you're not going to be setting records in your fifties. You just won't. And I don't mean to ruin people's dreams. It's just, look, if you are in your thirties and forties, that's a really good time to give things a really good crack. Um, and it doesn't mean in your fifties, you can't go find other goals. Like my tennis match is so much better now. Yeah. It was when I was 42. So you can still have other goals, but, I, I don't know. I love what you're doing. I love, you know, what Dan Plews did in terms of just giving it a really good crack. Um, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't take it as failure. I think running a 237 yeah. low, mar- oh, that's unbelievable. With, oh, yeah. I with mean, I'm running a full-time business. Come on. Oh, I, like <laughs> even, even the day, it was very interesting when I, when I ran the 237.47, this is, um, about just a little over a year ago, I guess, um, yeah. at California International Marathon. And um, I came into the finish line. So all the, there was about, you know, three or four other girls who had come in right before me, um, but still missed the cutoff. So in that 40 yeah. seconds, because a lot of people were trying to achieve this standard. Um, and so you saw all the the people across the line who were elated because they had met the standard and then the few girls who didn't, and they were crying and dejected. Mm. And 
my first thought wasn't like, oh, I'm sad too. I was looking at them like, oh my God, these poor girls, I feel so bad for them. I hope, is there something I can do to lift them up? Because I, you know, I feel like I know that they'll get there there one day and I wasn't sure if I ever would, but I felt like it was already a great accomplishment for me. I know I have enough perspective now to know that my 80 year old self is going to look back at 42 year old me and be like, damn, she was fast. Like it's not going to matter whether or not I actually went to the Olympic trials. It's just the things I was still trying to do well into my forties. I hope that you know, when I'm older, I look back and say, yeah, that was pretty cool. But I also hope Forget that when 80. my girl. Forget <laughs> 80. Are you kidding? I'm 52. And Laura and I always look back and go, wow, we're really fit and quite fast. It's I know. Like, oh, my goodness. I couldn't run. If you said, Greg, go run. I think I could run a sub 20-minute 5K, but it would really hurt. Oh, it you would, could. I'd, I'd no, back no, no, you any no. day. Everybody always says that. I'm telling you. I've, I'm now 180-something <laughs> pounds. Oh. Um, it's... I'd like to say it's all muscle, but maybe not all. Um, but it's like, no, I, I, but I've changed my body shape. I'm bigger and stronger. I can throw my kids and I, and I like who I am. I actually, yeah. I don't want to run a sub 20 minute 5k. No. I, I love the sport. I love watching all of you do incredible things. I love it, but not for one moment do I want to join you. I, I do <laughs> I'm, I'm no. plus races and I'm kind of like tapped out. And my point in saying is all that you, you're going to look back literally in the next 10 years and go, wow, even if you keep running, the 237 yeah. marathon is insane. That's six minute mile pace, everybody. I know. Um, well, I'm not sure the old bones can take it anymore, but yeah. <laughs> Regardless. Got in two weeks. You got <laughs> yeah. hundred K is a bit slower though. So we'll see oh, how that goes. I'll, I'll report back later. Yeah, um, but 60, miles, 60, 62 miles. Wow. Yeah. For me, a lot of it now is just about the process and the journey and still having cool. a goal. And that's what I hope that I see my kids Mm-hmm. that my kids see in what I'm doing is just, you know, continually chasing after things that excite you, um, mm-hmm. no matter what that is and whether or not you achieve it or fall a little bit short, that's all right. You're still going after it. And, um, yeah. Wise words. I like that. I, um, Laura and I just spoke at our kids' school on last <gasps> week. Oh, cool. They have Olympic week coming up. So they invite Olympic athletes in, which there was a few parents that were Olympians. So we went on our own, but, um, and, and the whole thing I wanted them to focus on is just loving the game, loving the process. Right. It's like the outcome, honestly, even when you hit it, it's a bit underwhelming compared to the process itself. Exactly. Right? Just love what you're doing. And, um, you know, the outcome, whether you win or lose, and I actually did say you're going to lose far, far more than you'll ever win. I don't mean to sound morbid, but it's like, but you learn a lot when you lose. You don't actually learn as much when you win. So okay exactly um, i love but no, that great I, I i think it's fantastic well let's let's finish up with okay, um, yeah. final four questions all right what advice would you give your 18 year old self yeah the first one is to start swimming because <laughs> i was the, the adult onset swimmer um i i never i didn't really grow up swimming competitively i knew how to swim um and i could swim a lap or two but um it was really at a disadvantage when it came to wanting to um be at the top of professional triathlon and i think the other thing would be to really take take chances earlier back yourself um Like for me, I have very few regrets, but I do wish I had gone all in on triathlon earlier. 
I I had that spark. I knew I had that drive, but I felt always that there was, you know, a path I was supposed to take that involved, you know, being an educator or just Mm. doing something typical career-wise. And I was afraid to take a different path. But I think if I had left my job earlier and even though I loved it, but really gone and, you know, joined, joined a squad lived full time as a triathlete. That's something I never did actually, uh, that mm. I could have, that it could have changed my career in some ways. So I would, I'd love to tell my 18 year old self to not be afraid to choose a different path and go all in on it. Um, mm. it, 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 there is a high chance it can work out. And when it doesn't, you'll find another path. I love that. That's really wise. I, I think, um, yeah, I mean, to, to your point, you, you did, you actually did choose to go a different path a bit later um, <laughs> yes. and then you threw a spanner in the works a few months later. I know. But gosh. You, but you I feel like I've lived 95 years in 40, but anyway. That's what I mean. But now the gift that you're giving the world though, and this is what might not have happened had it not, is the strength that you're showing and the intentional way that you're living of raising children, building a business, racing, you know, as an athlete. It's like... Like, I, I don't know, you're inspiring. And, and I don't know that you simply winning triathlons without the rest would be quite, like, yes, you could have gone and won more Ironmans and yes, you could have won even Kona Ironman, all of those things. And they're all fantastic. I'm not trying to cheapen them. Yeah. But I look at you as your true inspiration is the fact that you've taken it all on without complaining, with no <laughs> blaming, and, and you've owned it and you're living a life of intent. And I think that's where the inspiration is. And so as much as you're telling yourself, 18-year-old self, to maybe start things earlier, I don't know. I, I think <laughs> your journey is really cool. Um, yeah. Oh, thank you. All right. Well, let's ask another one before I embarrass you too much. Okay. Um, who are three people, living or dead, that you'd love to have dinner with? Ideally, not family, but if you must, you can mm-hmm. throw them. <laughs> Yeah. Dinner parties are funny because when I thought of this conversation, I thought of like our, you know, typical Noosa dinner parties. And, um, (laughs) it's funny enough last, just a couple of weeks ago, we, we got to have one of those dinner parties that I think some people would love to be at. So we had Jan Frodeno and Emma over and their kids, as well as Belinda Granger, the, my ultimate best friend and really my biggest role model in the world. Um, and you know, the six of us, sat around the dinner table while the kids played and just had, you know, some of the best chats ever. And, you know, those are, I feel really Mm -hmm. lucky to have those kind of people in my life uh, to constantly guide us, but also just to have those stories and enjoy each other. That's fun. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I get to live some of the dinner party experiences sometime, but if it was people that I don't know, um, I, I do have my, I'd love to have dinner with, I'd say Elliot Kipchoge because he yeah. could teach me that that Zen of success, <laughs> and mm-hmm. Taylor Swift, and <laughs> <laughs> for very obvious reasons, I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan. Um, but and also Barack Barack Obama, um, mostly because I've always loved all of his book recommendations. So I feel like we'd have a lot to talk about. Cool. But, That's but with big- those three, I would just want to listen to them talk and yeah. be, be a fly on the wall. Yeah, hit record. Yeah. Okay, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> I exactly. Love it. Could you could you imagine that? Kipchoge, cool. Taylor Swift, and Barack in the same room. It would be epic. Well, let's make it happen. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> All right. Where do you see yourself in five years? Oh, this is a really tough one. I'm I feel like we're in a, a good place right now, but um yeah. 
I think the signs of success for me are, it's like a calm life where you truly make time to prioritize the people that are important to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like the one thing I could really improve on in my life right now is really making time to be less busy. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, on my birthday yesterday, my only regret was that I had you know, I'm not talking about the random Facebook messages from people saying happy birthday, but some very meaningful messages from good friends that I didn't have time to respond to until, you know, it was past my bedtime. And, you know, in my dream world in five years, I'm the type of person that that has time for everybody important in my life, um, whether or not, you know, it's convenient for me. So the person that can make time to have coffee, to talk about something that's important Mm. to one of my best friends, um, to, to make time to be a mentor for women in sport, um, and other moms or entrepreneurs that would be important to me. So I'd like to be able to bring our company to a place where, where I can do that. So I don't know what that means. That that is music to my ears. Um, (laughs) And I get it. Right now you're in a push phase. It's, you know, you're pushing. but It's like this, you know, owning your own time, right? And and understanding that time is the number one commodity. Uh, I had somebody the other day, Greg, you're good at raising money and that kind of thing. I said, I have no problem asking people for money. I have more problem asking for people to come on my show and taking them, taking their time. If I'm taking time, you're never getting that back. It's valuable, yeah. And but I know you can always make money. People can always make money. There's always a way if you really want to. Yeah. But you can never make more time. Exactly. I mean, so I want to make sure I'm one of those people that can be fully present through my kids' teenage years as well and really be there for them. And I know mm-hmm. I can find a way to do it, um, but that's that would be my major goal in five years. But so oh. that also involves growing our company to, to such a point where maybe, you know, maybe we sell it and I stay on as a creative or a technical director, things like that. I don't know, but, um, yeah, I'd love, I'd love the legacy of Wind Republic to be a company that did great things for apparel technology and aerodynamics, but also that did good. So, um, my goal in the next five years is really, I mean, I already said, but help support athlete careers, but also help, you know, start working with more, underserved populations, bringing people into endurance sport that may not have had access before those kinds of things. I think Mm. we're finally in a position where we can start, you know, at first you're just trying to survive and then you can really thrive. So I'd Mm. love to just thrive and grow the company in that way too, and spend more time with my kids. I love it. I, um, I'll I'll add one thing to that, which I've started doing Mm. and I'm calling it fireside Fridays. Oh. where I've opened up a little window on my calendar every Friday for anybody to take a half hour slot and chat. Oh, that's um, amazing. And it's been really cool. And in fact, I'm booking uh, in. next week, yes, please do. <laughs> um, next week, one of the people I met on my fireside chat, cause I've been doing it now for about eight weeks and I've had one or two every Friday. Um, at one, bringing one of them on as a guest on the show. And so it'll be my first amateur age group um, person coming on the show because I've just simply loved their story. Um, but it's something I'm going to start pushing out there to the world that people like yourself with tremendous experience, knowledge, wisdom, um, and want to give back to just open up, even if it's just one hour where you open up two half hour windows for people to be able to just call in and have a chat and and you just listen and, and it can be just friends too, but it's been really therapeutic. Um, That's such a cool idea and a really actionable way to make, you know, that goal 
like a reality. Yeah. And it's, it's nothing. It's one hour, right? Yeah. One hour and you do 30 minute windows and people can book in. It's um, anyway, something I'm going to probably work on myself in 2024 as well. Cause a lot of what you said resonated with me as well. It's like, I can be a better friend. And I started this year actually by going, okay, I reached out to 20 friends and just organized 20, 30 minute chats with all of them just to, and just to yeah. check in. It was just to check in. It's been so great. So um, good. You are my goals, Greg. I want to get there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This last one is not to sound morbid, but if you had only six months to live, how would you spend them? Uh, that's, it's pretty easy. I'd fly my family over to Noosa and spend mm. slow time with the people I love. Oh, beautiful answer. That's so great. Isn't it true? You know oh, there's I mean? nothing else I would do. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, but only because I've been so fortunate to travel the world, to see the world, yeah, yeah, to, cool. you know, live and grow in different places. All I would want to do is spend time with um, the people that matter. Yeah. But I think that's one of the, the, the privileged life that we've had of experiencing the world. You start to realize, well, actually staying at home is kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, you want to finish some rapid fire or have you got to run? I know you've got to get to Tasmania. Oh. No, uh, no, no. We're to, actually today we're going to Brisbane first and then um, on Saturday morning to Tasmania. So oh, but two nights in Brisbane. So I don't want to, I don't want to hang up. I'm enjoying this chat. I know, this is so fun. I know. Next time we got to get Belinda on too. And then the three of us can just oh, really have well, a long chat. Do, this is what I'm going to do actually. Let's do this. Next June, when yep. we're back in Noosa, we'll do an in-person. I'll bring yeah. all my mics and we can just do, I want to do one. We could actually have a really fun, I'll bring a few mics and uh, we can all, it can I mean, be a fireside chat. We can do a fireside chat. I don't think any of us get a word in with BG Let's though. Do it. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> She's the best though. The She's best just, uh, just so oh. I could, I could do a whole podcast on what she's done for sport because I see the, the, the back end of it all the time and how she's, how she's transitioned from her yeah. career to helping others in their career. And it's pretty cool. Anyway, that sorry, is, I, I digress. No, 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 don't, that's not digressing. We're, we're celebrating BG, who mm-hmm. I've been friends with since, I think we said 88 we first Oh, met. my God. Um, so that we're aging that. ourselves, but, but uh, you know, I love BG. So let's finish with some rapid fire questions. Here we go. Okay. Favorite training destination? Ooh, uh, I loved training in Phuket, Thailand. Mm, coffee or tea? coffee. Luke actually just delivered me a, um, a local flat white from Puncher Coffee Roasters. Oh, uh, I tell you what, the coffee in Noosa, mm. it is, it's the best. It's the best in the world. So good. Uh, love it. Early bird or night owl? Definitely an early bird. I'm the one that goes to bed like you with my kids at, I get in bed with my daughter at 730 every night. And then I read probably for about an hour and go to bed. Perfect. Isn't the best. I love just getting up at that 3.34. I love the early mornings. Ooh, I don't get All up right. that early, Greg. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I need my eight hours sleep, full eight yeah. hours, or well, I'm not it, functioning. But mums need more. Mums mm. need more than guys. No, it's been scientifically proven. I, I believe something. it. I do believe it. Women as a whole, but then mums on top of that. I totally, um, I do not disagree. <laughs> One book you would gift to a friend when you're thinking of the friend, think of me. <laughs> oh, let's see. Um, I have so many books I love, but my favorite mm. book of all time is actually, uh, it's called A Little Life um, by, his, his name is actually really hard to pronounce. Um, 
Anyway, but it's called A Little Life. It's an amazing novel. But for you, uh, hmm, you in particular, Greg, I'd recommend like, I'm sure you love books like The Tipping Point and things like that by Malcolm Gladwell. I mean, there's a great story. He doesn't great. love Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, I I've know. read a few of his. I mean, our kids are born in January, so you have an understanding that, you know, that, what was yes. that? Outliers. Uh, that was probably Outliers, yeah. Yeah, outliers. But yeah, they're all really good. All the Malcolm Gladwell ones. I think I've got the tipping point on my Audible, but maybe I'm going to go check it, make sure. Have you not not read it yet? I I don't know. I've got to – I have to check. I blew through so many books in the last couple of years that I'm actually spending a bit of time going back and doing favorites. Well, I – because I do them at Audible on two to two and a half times the speed and, you know, I'm running and stuff and and, and I let them wash over me. And sometimes yeah. I think I, I go back through my audible list and go, oh, yeah, I did read that. Oh, yeah. 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 No, The read- Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell is just, it's a classic. And I actually just gave it to Luke because he's doing this challenge where he has to read a nonfiction book every single day, like at least 10 to 15 pages of it. Um, and so I'm going back through a lot of the books I read through my studies in organizational development and stuff and sending them to him because they're on like leadership, entrepreneurship, or just like, oh, yeah. I've how got do a you I can give to him if he wants. Yes. Actually, there's a really good book, uh, The Cold Start Problem by Andrew Chen. Oh, I don't in know that one. Space. It's definitely more in the tech space. You know, he was at Uber with Ed Baker and that, it was actually, Ed was his boss, but he, um, his book is phenomenal um, for people that are, starting companies in the entrepreneurial space, yeah. whether you're in tech or not, is a really good one. So that's the, the cold t- stuff. I'll tell um, Luke, but just because I hate butchering authors' names, I just had to say A Little Life is by Hanya Yanagihara, but it's the most amazing book I've ever read. I just love a great novel. I'm such a reader. So everybody send me your, your book recommendations. Perfect. I'm going to send you a bunch too then. Awesome. Yeah. All right, here we go. Dream a vacation spot. Ooh, uh, the one place I'd love to go that I haven't, one of the places I'd love to go that I haven't been yet is Croatia. Yeah, me either. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Let's all meet up there. Yeah. But we, Luke, myself and Belinda, we did like a, a threesome. Well, well, not, not that kind of threesome, but a triple, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a, a triple, a, a trip with the three of us last year to Tuscany, yeah. Italy was and yeah. Cinque Terre was all time. We would all go back in a heartbeat. Um, but yeah. since we did that last year, this year I'll take Croatia. Perfect. All right. Um, here we go. Mountains or beach? Um, of course we want everything, don't we? That's why I used to live in California. You could have both. You could ski and then go to mm-hmm. the beach in the same day. But if I had to choose one, I'd choose the beach. Not because I love the ocean. I actually do not enjoy swimming in the ocean that much. But I love being near the beach. The beach culture, I get it. Mm. Um, if you uh, could be the best in any sport other than triathlon, what would mm. it be? Oh, I'd be really cool to, to see a very top female F1 driver, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, they've had, they, they're on the, I mean, they've got the, they still got the women's F1 series, okay. don't they? Yeah. I think I so. Know. Yeah. And I think there's been close. They've had the test drivers. Um, what's her name? It's it's getting it's getting closer. Let's just yeah. Put it I mean, way. I don't actually follow F one. I was just saying it would be cool. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, uh, I, I don't follow it that closely. Uh, yeah. You know, our, um, yeah. friend Mark Weber who lives in Noosa there with us. Yeah, we ride with cool. Mark Weber sometimes. Yeah, so I got right into it when he was in it, and uh, I've got other mates involved. But honestly, it hasn't been my top sport. But yeah. Okay, final one: greatest movie of all time. 
Ooh, I don't really watch very many movies. I don't watch any TV either, really. But um, American Beauty was one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm -hmm. I love that one. But my favorite go-to movie every December is The Holiday with Cameron Diaz. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great, great story. And um, Jude Law, he's just gorgeous in that movie. So that's a good one. And love actually. So yeah, I'm good for those two holiday movies and that's about it. Oh, Beth, that's fantastic. Gotta love Hugh Jackman. So you got, you got plenty of racing coming up this year. You got your own racing. You got plenty of events that you got. You're mapping out a bit of a calendar season where you, you guys going Yeah, we're going to all the world championship year. events again for oh, Ironman. Okay. So Nice okay. and Kona and Taupo, um, cool. but trying not to. Uh, now we have a small team that can go to some of the smaller expos, which is great. And then yeah. the bigger ones, Luke and I still go, but we have people helping us so that we can go and you know support athletes, uh, meet with yeah. people, do things like that. Yeah. All right. Well, any future big projects that you guys are working on with Win? Any new kind of um, apparel lines? Or I mean, I guess you're constantly working on yeah. things. Yeah. Right? Our biggest thing right now is just developing this new CDA suit. So that's going to be our new top of the line suit. And we've been working with Chelsea for over a year on it, and we're refining it now with um, with Ash and Josh and Brayden, and mm. um, you know, just a lot of like arrow testing, things like that. And so that's going to come to market in probably mid 2024. And we're, that'll be our biggest push this year. Very cool. I need to get Brayden Curry on the show. <gasps> Brayden uh, is the coolest guy ever. Yeah. And that family, um, yeah. honestly, his family is ultimate life goals. The stuff that they do together and achieve and the things they're doing really? with their kids are very, very cool. Oh, cool. All right. Well, I'll, I'll reach out to him on Instagram. Maybe you yes. can even send him a plug. And say, I hey, will. Come on. I think Not that I mean, you need it. <laughs> No, no, no. I think I've written him a long time ago and I don't know what happened there. Mm. Um, but anyway, yeah, definitely want to get Braden on. Cool. Um, love, love having the Kiwis on the show. But Beth, this has been really fantastic. I've taken a lot of your morning up, but I thoroughly enjoyed this chat. I can't wait to see you all in person again oh. in four months time. Four months, almost there. I uh, just feel so honored that you've had me on and I have was so excited to talk to you. I've, you know how much I've been a fan of the show, but also of you guys. I actually got to race Ironman with Laura when she did Ironman Melbourne, but her foot was broken. Oh, that's right. She ran into the water and broke her foot. That I was know. Devastating. That was, that was it, tough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what year was that? 2015 or something? 2015, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but you guys have always been people that I looked up to, especially when you guys were, you know, just creating your career together and being that ultimate power couple. I remember seeing you on the, on the fronts of the magazines, you guys in the Lovatos were like, that was, that was everything. <laughs> so. Um, and then you got, you, you made it happen. You manifested <laughs> it and you and Luke, it's yeah, like. Uh, Luke, you're inspiring. Yes. Yeah. So I, I really appreciate it. And it's just been fun um, getting to know you and also catching up. Yeah. This but next time I'd really... love to flip the script and ask more. Well, I know, I know a lot about you, but I always like hearing more about the friends. <laughs> no, well, when we get back, let's definitely do episodes in person together. I think that'd cool. be really cool. I think we can have some fun with it. I'm going to bring all my gear back and do it properly this year. Um, but yeah, this was really fun and truly inspiring. So many great quotable quotes in all that you said too, by the way. Um, so thanks again. Thank really you. appreciate you. Give Luke a big hug for me. I will. Um, and for everybody listening, you can find all the show notes and uh, everything else at bennettendurance.com forward slash media. All right. Stay on the line, Beth. Thanks, Greg. 